We're trapped in nature's infinite expanse. I can't breathe. I love it. Mm. In a nutshell, I'm claustrophobic. Listen, every one of my atoms is shrieking in agony, but three are writhing in ecstasy. There's one on my thumb bone. Don't panic. I've taken care of the situation. I've had it up to here with consciousness. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 100 of Ooh. Vague Zone. 100. One hundo. One hundred. What a hundo it yes. has been. <laughs> I am Daniel. I'm Thomas. And for our 100th episode, we are doing a weird one. It is a weird way to do an episode 100. But uh, I, I think for this last 99 and 100, we're kind of just, we're doing whatever the fuck we want. We're doing weird shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for this episode, we are doing Vernon Chapman's Final Flesh. Uh, before we get into it, will you read the synopsis for us, Thomas? Absolutely. Final Flesh, 2009. The Pollard family is calmly discussing their impending death by atom bomb when Mrs. Pollard recounts a dream in which she sensually bathes herself in the tears of neglected children. So yes, that's, that's our uh, synopsis, our IMDb synopsis. Daniel, why did you choose Final Flesh as our choice for this, this episode? So, so watching Kuso, I, it just kind of reminded me of Final Flesh a little bit. Like it, it is this sort of bizarre, surreal comedy that uh, dives into body horror a little bit. Um, but they, the way these two movies came about are very different. Kuso is, you know, movie by Flying Lotus. It's, uh multiple stories um and it feels more like an actual movie it's an actual production <laughs> versus this it is uh one script broken up into four parts each part produced by a different uh you know porn studio <laughs> you can yeah. you could so so vernon chapman discovered these porn studios where you could send uh, a script and if you pay the price they will make the script for you I'm, I'm actually trying to find the uh opening crawl because the opening crawl does a really great job of uh describing this yeah here let me just let me just go ahead and read the opening crawl absolutely deep in the greasiest creases of the internet there are websites <laughs> whereupon one can hire professional porn production companies to do the sick and custom bidding of your panting loins the dankest yearn executed precisely and splayed on video for your greatly lapping eyes only Stent staunchly withholding judgment and questions they pledge to enact fantasies in earnest and at a price Naturally, a person known as Vince Chaman, not to be confused with the person who was actually Vernon Chapman, submitted his purest truths, copyright, to these bewildered sex meritans in four scripts commissioning an eight-part pre-apocalyptic triptych in D minor <laughs> to test the inad inadvertent sensual limits of the flesh psyche, copyright. That is our description for Final Flesh. Yes, he went to four uh porn studios with this surreal apocalyptic script about a mother a father and a daughter uh he said he wanted to make an unintentionally bad film on purpose um and i think he kind of succeeded in that. <laughs> definitely uh this is the second time i've seen this movie the first time i saw it uh it was definitely one of those things where i was turning it down so that the landlord wouldn't hear <laughs> all of the moaning and grunting coming from the television um and i kind of didn't remember a lot of it because uh i think one of the problems with this movie <laughs> is that it feels a little bit like um when you watch a one-liner comedian who just does one-liner after one-liner after one-liner it can just get really exhausting uh it kind of just becomes noise it's hard to maintain the laughter every you know 10 seconds totally i feel that. um so yeah like I, I think the first section of these four is the strongest in my opinion i also uh i believe i read that he wrote that first one and had it 
produced far earlier than the other three. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it feels a little more cohesive in in my opinion. But uh, yeah, Thomas, you're coming into this a virgin. Uh, <laughs> so what did you think of Final Flesh? Uh, usually I try to find something that I like about movies that are kind of rough or movies that I don't like. But this is one I really fucking did not like. <laughs> this is, a, this is, <laughs> okay. this is a, a good response to Kuso, which is a movie you didn't like at all. Um, yeah, yeah, I think sort of i think we are tapping into each other's sort of like sense of sense of humor in a more darker way because yeah kuso i could sort of let slide because like you said it's more like a movie i like there's some nice shots in kuso there's some good music like it might be a gross detestable piece as a whole but i think there's still some some nice things within it but here this felt like just a, a mutant child of like student film like an experiment gone terribly right or terribly wrong he got exactly what he wanted from these performers and yeah it seems like this movie is kind of lauded and considered by some to be his masterpiece because it is uh, just so absurd so ridiculous and yeah. the way that it was sort of built and made together is just like just incredibly insane that you know, yeah we have three groups of actors all porn stars four groups <laughs> sorry four groups of porn stars uh, none of they're not really trained actors and they're dealing with dialogue and scenes that are just so absurd and crazy that like like it's hard for i know it seems like it's hard for them to kind of connect to it and get into it at times some yeah. kind of go for it and really chew up the scenery a lot more than others but overall it's just a strange thing to fucking watch like it's just I, like i literally i give it props for being something like i've never seen anything like this before and i don't think <laughs> a movie will ever be as strange as this it's also it's described as like it's even it's with porn actors but it's not pornographic but i would sort of debate it's certainly that. pornographic yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah there's no there's no penetrative sex in this movie this vague but, zone uh, first uh there's definitely an erect penis on screen and <laughs> yeah a man masturbating for a significant amount of time yeah, it's it's a, a short movie that definitely felt a lot longer, and I don't know, this it took me to a very strange place. It is funny. There are some really crazy lines in this movie that just made me laugh out loud. But yeah, overall, this was this was kind of a tough one. But I do appreciate like sort of like the inert, inert like sorry the the brilliance behind sort of how this is constructed. Yeah. I think of Vernon Chapman as like a Groucho Marx level comedic genius. Uh, he has a certain way with words yeah, that yeah. I think is really special. And we get a lot of great lines in this. Um, yeah, so I, I, I maybe we should just start off yeah, with this first section. Uh, the production value is low. <laughs> uh, it is clear that he Vernon Chapman is writing what could be considered fetishes into his script. People giving birth to eggs and melons and you know uh i think what, what was the final oh a, a steak <laughs> um yeah. there's armpits sniffing there's all sorts of women on toilets there's all sorts of stuff that could be deemed erotic uh yeah but it I is like not <laughs> a, yeah i feel like there's a person on a toilet in each one maybe that's our connecting theme I, I is that so, yeah. involvement of a toilet and i also notice a lot of the recurring theme of like someone pulling something out of their crotch or like some just like objects that are not supposed birth. to come yeah birth, yeah that's a recurring theme or recurring yeah well, visual birth motif. death and birth death god uh this feels like it is written from the perspective of someone who does not really put a high value on life and uh the experience of existence <laughs> yeah um it's a strange it's a one. bit nihilistic yeah, uh, I think the first one, you see, you want to talk about the first one. I think that's the yeah. one that has the most clear, like, de definition of, like, the relationship between the man and the two women. That's another thing about this. Each group is always one man and two women, and it always seems to be a mother and a father and a daughter, yeah. correct? Like, yeah. And so, yeah, I think in the yeah. first one, it seems, I was, like, kind of trying to take notes with this as best as I could, and I was like, okay, it feels like we're descending into levels or like maybe ascending like going like higher into levels of like spirituality or like there's always this conversation about gods and like their creations and like the earth and so the first one it seems the most basic where it's just like an actual family dealing with like they're like they're having a conversation about the dreams that they've been having and also like 
enacting these strange, like, I don't know, physical connections to each other. So it's incredibly hard to describe. Yeah, there's lots of dream sequences that feel like an opportunity for almost like sketch comedy or something like that. Um, It feels very psychedelic in its content, but not necessarily in visually or in in its execution in any way. Yeah. Um, But it feels, yeah, like you mentioned, like a a different plane of existence. (laughs) It is definitely, it definitely feels written by someone who has tripped <laughs> yeah. like take yeah absolutely um, yeah the first one yeah felt like oh yeah we're sort of like easing into it and then the actions that these actors are doing sort of just get increasingly absurd and it's just it's one-upping itself every single time and actually i think the fourth one was my favorite because that's the one where oh the, the lighting gets kind of dramatic yeah. and it's sort of like they're just like it feels like they're expressing something a little bit more visual in that one but yeah, that one was clearly shot in Los Angeles. <laughs> like you're dealing with like, and I, I read an interview with him and he does confirm. Yeah. Like the final one was a group from LA and it's like, it feels like they're actually like investing a little bit into the production with like um, stylistic lighting. They're trying a little harder with their performances yeah. and with like set decoration and stuff like that. Yeah. You um, could say that they are slightly more good looking than the other three groups. They're more polished. A little, yeah. I guess a little bit say. more. But still, yeah, all of these movies are like shot inside of an apartment or a house. And it's like the like they're not really there's not much set dressing happening, especially in the first one. The first one looks like it's just in a rented yeah, motel. It's just a kitchen. <laughs> it's just like a rented motel. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, like I've watched porn before. This looks like I've seen a empty studio apartment and this is exactly where these things take place. But yeah, they do sort of allow expression to come through with like the writing on like the jars or like the writing on the paper in the second one. Like I like yeah, the text ramps up. There's there's not a whole lot of use of text in the first one outside of like, you know, a woman bathing w- from a jar that's labeled Tears of Neglected Children. Yeah, so <laughs> and we, then we get three. Angel Blood. Yeah, and then the third one is a Tears of Corrupted Politicians, which I appreciated. Yeah, which is a jar with a mouse in it. <laughs> yes, yes, I, yeah. Um, Alluding to the rats, maybe. I don't know. I, I like when... It's very strange. I do appreciate that when Vernon Chapman does go political, it's usually just like, yeah, like, fuck politicians, fuck the police. Yeah, it's very anarchic. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, like, my favorite line in this whole thing is um, in the in part one, when a woman looks at her cell phone and she says, I just realized something. And then the dad says, what now? And she says, I threw my whole life away. I never wanted a family. My dream was to murder the president. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, I, I love the, yeah, I think the line readings in the first one definitely got, got some good laughs out of me too. Um, there's like this whole part where they're like trying she tells the dad to like crawl back into her into the womb and mm-hmm. he Return like turned to the womb. he attempts to do that he attempts to go back into the womb head first and so he, he tries that for a moment and when it's unsuccessful she's like you know what you was adopted <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it's just i don't know just the way that she says it is just so dry it's just fucking perfect and yeah i, I yeah. do give the props to some of these actors for just the dry delivery sells it way more than if it was like an actual comedian trying to do it. The performances in the first one, I feel like are the best. Like the fourth one, they're definitely like working harder. They are giving performances. Uh, And so I could see the argument that like maybe the performance there are, are are the best, but I think they're making decisions in terms of performance that I, I I, it's, I'm not getting as much out of, I feel like. Yeah. I feel that. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I just like I like the lighting, and I think the first one's also I give give it props too for being the only one with music. Like there's like a quick like thirty seconds of like a loop, like a weird just droning yeah. kind of music cue that kind of comes in, but doesn't really appear in the other three ones. So I read an interview with Vernon Chat, and he did say he had to add some music to cover music that was added by the production or like Uh, maybe music that was like playing in the background or something like that because he didn't want like copyright issues and stuff okay (laughs) Uh, so are you talking about the vice interview um i'm not sure i think i read an interview with like indie wire or something like okay there's uh, in the vice interview it's fantastic he's talking about yeah it's like i really appreciated the the group one they did it really great but then group one was also the only group to send them an actual porno alongside of like what they oh, really? yeah so it's like they like they totally did 
with like his batshit crazy machinations of this strange apocalyptic movie and then like okay we're just gonna send him a porno tape because <laughs> that's what we do and I, don't, I just i just think that that's so funny that the first group just just went ahead with that he said he also had to like it was gonna cost him 900 dollars for that for, for the video in part one but he ended up having to pay i think 1200 because the actresses were really upset that like because it's not just having sex on camera they had to like learn lines yeah. they had to do like multiple takes uh like it was like a way more of a complicated production they would have preferred to have just had sex on camera i, be I believe clock in clock out <laughs> it's a big ask like it's one so, like they were fr yeah they were frustrated that it took like hours i guess yeah it's one thing to give like porn actors a script and be like oh yeah like okay you're gonna be pirates or you're gonna you know secret yeah. agent some some weak plot or some shit this is like dense philosophical yeah. I, don't, I don't want to call it nonsense but it, it edges on the border of just like just being completely surreal completely completely nonsensical with what they're saying but there i do there's like a connective tissue of like yeah talking about like the universe and like what they have created and how they're sort of related to it i'm, I'm really grasping to, like, to find the through line it's like <laughs> did, did that sort of resonate with you upon your second watch like what is the through line or like just like kind of that overarching theme of like well it's about like a bomb dropping and there's lots of notes about like creation or like conversations with god or like trying to like i don't know there's something there it feels like it's people in a constant state of dying yeah like um and yeah and it is playing with the uh this um gosh what what's the word i'm looking for like the space between <laughs> like consciousness and unconscious so like the yeah. fact that there's dreams over and over like dreams it's like operating in a, a different plane uh at one point they're dead <laughs> the characters yeah. are dead and they wake up uh and so it's like this spiritual plane this spiritual row there's commentate there's commentary on, they're communicating with god um a woman is reading the quran yeah. on <laughs> the toilet <laughs> like um yeah it is all about yeah like life death the afterlife the spirituality um and just the weak fabric of reality it feels like yeah uh, i think it's more obvious in the second one like when they're they're having like their scene play out inside of this room and then we get like pieces of white paper with writing on it and sharpie that come from under the door and it seems like those messages are coming from god or it's like yeah one of the, i am the oneness yeah i'm the oneness the or one of you will die and it will be obvious which one or like yeah it's just like those messages and then one person sort of relays it to the other two and yeah I, yeah it felt like okay there's clearly something kind of behind behind this layer of just like nebulous confusion yeah like the plan to spit boric acid onto god's face and escape through his scars yeah yeah <laughs> it's beautiful quite a, yeah quite <laughs> it's a poetry yeah, it's quite a concept um also I, it is cinematic poetry yeah also i appreciate the second one because that's the one where we have one of the actors doing i think like a little bit of self-promotion with like he has like a long sleeve shirt oh, yeah. that says porn for the people on it and i was like okay mm -hmm. it's like at least he's trying to like make a shout out to his own company and that's one of the things it's like are these people how many how how much of are these people in on the joke or do they feel like like yeah what is going through the mind of all these actors as they're going through this process is it like well someone's getting off to this like i just i'm getting paid i just gotta you know do what they ordered yeah. <laughs> uh do they feel do they realize like oh this is a comedy this is a joke like i'm kind of being pranked but whatever i'm gonna go along with it anyway yeah um i don't know yeah it feels more so like that with the first one but then i think with the second i know i think with the third and fourth one they try to play into the fetish and sexual side of it a little bit more there's like more moaning in the fourth one and at least in the third one it's the most we're like okay we're actually gonna like engage and kind of like play with our genitals in a way where it is trying to yeah. be arousing and that's the one where yeah. it kind of like took me out a little bit i was like okay you guys are trying to make this sexy when it clearly isn't mm -hmm. three feels like an act of desperation from the performers where yeah. they're like they're like please just let me fuck <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. i'm tired of i don't know all of this bizarre bullshit 
Yeah, it's like, it's really strange. Um, yeah, three has some of my favorite moments and jokes in it, where like they are stripping and then they have like these skulls drawn on their backs, and she's and it's like she's a shut up and mash back. Making them. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I like the line, "Sugarfoot, I'm gonna come so fast the babies we're about to make are already in this morning's obituaries." <laughs> Let's see, and then he pulls a newspaper out. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Um, also, um, is three the one where there's like marker drawings on it that they sort of chroma key out? Uh, yeah. Okay. What? Which it's like, did they know? Did they do the chroma king, or like, did they? Yeah. What? I don't. It's a mystery to me. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's what I was going to ask you. I was like, do you think that that is something that's like written in the script, and then the production company sort of does their best to make it happen with like? Like, I wonder if. I wonder if he said that he wanted them to have like black paint on parts of their bodies because he was going to do some like some sort of green screening and that like they wouldn't have to worry about it because like it feels easier just to tell someone like, I don't know, it it feels like a harder order from one of these companies to be like, by the way, you have to do some special effects work. Yeah. Also, I was going to ask, do you know anything about Ike Sanders, the director that's uh, credited on IMDb? That's credited? I do not. Yeah, because uh, in the Vice interview, it seems like he just wrote the script, or Vernon Chapman wrote the script, and it's just up to the production companies to just do it, whatever they want with the material. Yeah. I, I don't know who Ike Sanders is. Maybe I... So it says... Um, I mean, we do get... Yeah, I don't know. Because we get credits for the first part, and then we never get credits again. Yeah. And it's just first names, so... Yeah, I don't know. Very strange. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, the third one despite its flaws, is still the one that resonates with me the most because... Well, uh, the third one? Well, uh, I guess the third and the fourth one, I should I should back up, because, yeah, the third one has some of the funniest lines to me, like, um, the whole thing when uh, his he tra- does, like, mind control on the daughter's hand, and she's the, the hand yeah. is now known as Miss Pearl and starts to choke him, and there's, like, yeah. this weird back and forth and then like cuts to later where there's like a sock on the hand he's like oh no did miss pearl join the clan <laughs> she's like no it's a ghost i don't know it just <laughs> just just that line just is so out of left field that it just made me laugh but i don't know there's more stuff going on with like the props there's like they're throwing up like m&ms and shit and there's like a conch shell is involved with like like these... all of this sounds <laughs> like to anyone listening to this who has not seen this it just sounds like random bullshit and it kind of is it kind of does feel like random bullshit there isn't like too much of a flow where between one scene or another you're like yeah of course this makes sense yeah <laughs> like, no not at all yes and you know um it's just all over the damn place yeah this and so like strange <laughs> yeah it, so that's why we're struggling with the themes it's like okay what are the commonalities between these jokes and these moments like there's multiple uh parts so each part starts with um, the family like on, laying on the table and then waking up. Yeah. But like there are multiple parts where they wake up from the table and the table's covered in leaves. And yeah. so nature is also a, a recurring theme. A man in part four, um, it seems like he's going to get a blowjob. A woman gets on her knees and starts unzipping his pants. Uh, <laughs> he starts moaning. And then we look down and we see uh, she's holding... Uh, out of his zipper is a block of cheese and she's using a cheese grater to grate the cheese and then the grated cheese on the, that falls onto the bed spells out the word nature yeah what is that what what the fuck <laughs> what's that about no idea but just a great solid visual um the also commitment is yeah, great yeah. yeah it's it's kind of that was kind of, kind of like a gorgeous moment because i was like oh yeah it's like this is i don't know it's, it's something felt it feels concrete. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of like tying things together. Cause also going back to the third one, they, when they wake up, they're like, Oh, we wake up in nature's infinite expanse. And yeah, the, the mm-hmm. table is covered in leaves. And yeah, it, it made me think more about just any connective theme about, yeah, this, this just the nature of the universe and the nature, yeah, just nature period. And I don't know. I feel like it was, there's something there, but it's really hard to yeah. sort of pinpoint. I don't, I don't think he's saying anything about, like nature and life and death except that like like you get the vibe that like he is someone who's very cynical (laughs) uh but like i do think i think it's just that that is the space that it feels like this is just the space he operates in when he's doing his comedy because if you watch like even a lot of 
like Wonder Shows in, Xavier Renegade Angel is all about philosophy. Uh, the Shivering Truth is all about like, it's like uh, sketch surrealism. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's an interesting dude. Yeah, it has that same <laughs> weird, like, also like a race, a racial edge to it. It's like the actress yeah. in the fourth one has blackface on at one point. There's yeah. the, the guy who's playing the dad in that situation has a swastika drawn on his forehead. On, yeah. It's just like weird, like edgy shit where it's just like, it's really confrontational. And like, I don't know, <laughs> like, yeah, as far as like having a concrete point to say, I just I'm, I'm latching onto like what's written on the paper. What's what is what, is the, what does the <laughs> yeah. cheese spell out? <laughs> what does the cheese dick spell yeah. out? Uh, one thing to note that I just remembered about Vernon Chapman: he's SF State alumni. Oh, awesome! Yeah, him and uh, uh, I want to. Oh, what's the other guy's name? Lee. I want to say it's like Jason Lee, um, the guy who it's not Jason Lee because that's the actor. John Lee. <laughs> John Lee, yeah. Uh, they co-created Wonder Showsen together. They both came out of SF State. And the idea came for Wonder Showsen came out of them meeting at SF State and like joking around about kids shows and stuff. Oh, that's sweet. Um, yeah, I wonder how they ended up in Brooklyn and like sort of going yeah, across state. <laughs> also, yeah, they were creators of uh, Doggy Fizzle Televizzle from mm-hmm. <laughs> the early With Snoop Dogg. Yeah. I don't know. It was kind of cool thinking about them being like in like this weird transitional period between like MTV sort of having its dying breath of being like kind of badass and kind mm-hmm. of like on the cutting edge of like television with like the early 2000s there's like Wild Boys was, I remember seeing like Wonder Shows and come on like after Wild Boys but not watching it because I was like okay like I'm much more into Steve-O and Chris Pontius doing their thing that's way more my speed Wonder Shows and what's way over my head when I was like I don't know 13 or 14 but yeah, it's cool that they sort of went from there and then made this transition into like Adult Swim. And I think it's a really appropriate progression. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Favorite lines? <laughs> I know you mentioned a few already. Favorite um, moments? Yeah, I like Shut Up and Mash Back. So I like, uh, did Miss Pearl, <laughs> did Miss Pearl join the clan? Also, um, just another existential one as like the entire universe has been killed in a Spanish boating accident. <laughs> it just has, it's, has like a weird, nice like rhythm and poetry to just like that surreal statement. What about you? Um, I love, uh, so part of the premise is the atomic bomb is about to drop. Uh, at one point, I think I want to say a woman grabs a jar with a cockroach in it. And she says, it looks like Gregor Samsa will get the last laugh after all. <laughs> Um, I love the line, in a nutshell, I'm claustrophobic. <laughs> <That's> uh, <nice>. Yeah, <laughs> there's just a lot of like really simple, simple shit in here. Um, I love the reveal of the fake mustache. Yeah. In part one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very comically drawn on fake mustache. Also, there's a weird part that kind of stuck with me too in part three again, where it's like the families, they're like looking at each other through the keyhole in the bathroom. Yeah. Which I felt was kind of like the the one time where I, I, I kind of, going back to this, yeah, I feel like there's levels to this or whatever's going on here. I don't know what's going on, but there's clearly, like, I don't know, tears. Yeah, it's like sur- surreal sketch comedy at a certain point. Yeah. Like, uh, I heard you talking in your sleep. You were talking in your sleep last night. No, I wasn't. Yes, you were. No, I wasn't. Yes, you were. And then, no, I wasn't. And then she pulls out a knife. She's like, yes, you were. And then he's like, oh, I remember now. Flashes back to being asleep saying, no, I wasn't. And she's saying, yes, you were. Um, yeah. Just bizarre, surreal sketch comedy. Yeah. Also, uh, like um, the in number four, she's like, my beauty is a weapon. And she's like, puts the mirror to her face. I don't know. Just, I don't know. So there's like little small little pockets and little nuggets of things that are really interesting and kind of thought-provoking but yeah overall it it is it is it was kind of tough for me to get through um watching this alone in my apartment i was just like i don't i feel like i'm in another dimension (laughs) i feel like I'm, (laughs) like i'm transcending where am i yeah um so one thing i want to mention is uh I used to, yeah, like, how much can I say here legally? (laughs) Uh, Let's just say uh, it was called to my attention that there is a genre of pornography, I guess you could, I guess you would have to call it that, um, of women struggling to get uh, cars started. I don't know if I've mentioned this before. No. 
but yeah, I was told like, oh yeah, there's these videos of women who struggle to get a car started. And I was like, I don't like what, how the fuck is that something someone <laughs> get, get off to? And then I found one of the videos and it's a woman wearing like kind of a revealing, you know, top. Uh, she's got high heels on, you know, short skirt. And she's stepping on the gas pedal and like she's stepping on it. She's like bouncing up and down in the driver's seat, like stepping over and over and over. She's she's uh, turning the key and she's like really struggling. She's like grunting. Um, and I was like, OK, I can understand. There's like some physicality here that makes it like sexual. Um, there is a channel on YouTube. So this is how it came to my attention is that like all this stuff's on YouTube. Um, there's a channel on YouTube. I want to say it's called Car Crankers <laughs> oh, God. Or, or Car Cranking. Uh, and it is all videos of women doing this, like different women. Uh, and it always specifies the make and model of the car. Of course. Of so course. that means there's someone out there who's like, it's it's got to be a Honda Accord. Like, I can't get off if it's not a Honda Accord. It's, yeah, men imagining um, it's their, or anyone imagining it's their car that that's struggling yeah. to get started. <laughs> There's there was a video where it was like eight women struggle to start Vespa scooter. <laughs> oh my goodness! It was like holy shit. There's there's group versions of this. Um, Incredible. So yeah, everyone go check it out. <laughs> go check out car cranking. Yeah. Uh, because like knowing that that's out there and that is like a real fetish, like it, like it makes me wonder. Like okay, these these porn production for hire studios. Like, what have they been asked to do? Like, that was genuine. Yeah. Because obviously, like, this is a prank. But, like, you know, armpit sniffing, I'm sure that's a fetish. Yeah. Seeing a woman use the bathroom, I'm sure that I know that's a fetish. Uh, so it's like, yeah, what was the stuff that they were working with, the material they were working with here, where they were like, yeah, someone's getting off to this. Like, I can believe that. Like, there's a lot of weird stuff in between, but it is ultimately building to these moments that... I can understand someone getting off to. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, the, here is deeply, deeply surreal, but also, yeah, like you mentioned the car crankers. There's an entire genre of porn where it's uh, like women stuck inside of dryers. And it's like, oh, like, oh, yeah. People, <laughs> it's like, it's just so fucking But stupid. ultimately, <laughs> that leads to sex, right? Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. not just a woman stuck in a dryer. Oh, see, I didn't realize. But there are, the there are. Go, I was going to say, is the car crankers, there's no intercourse? There's happens. no sex. Oh, okay, no, gotcha. It's just the woman struggling <laughs> to start a car. It's on, like I said, it's on YouTube. Gotcha, gotcha, um, okay. That's that's yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, so it's like like uh, women sitting on balloons and the balloons pop. Yeah. Like, that's a finish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's not, there's no sex. <laughs> I think it's just the anticipation of, like, is it going to pop? Oh, yeah. I'm getting so excited. I don't know if it's going to pop. Yeah, that's yeah, it's fucking bizarre stuff. And like, yeah, <laughs> some, there's something for everybody out there. Yeah, you mentioned. Did you ever see that Reddit post about the guy who wanted to fuck a clown? Uh, no, but <laughs> I believe it 100. percent It was like uh, he talked about like he being at like his nephew's birthday party and like as an adult and like there was a really attractive clown there <laughs> and that like one time he like dated a girl who was a clown but she never wore the outfit for him <laughs> and like he was he never he, he he always wanted to bring it up but he was wasn't confident enough finally brought it up and she broke up with him he, he shares this whole story on reddit and then uh because he shared the story on reddit some clown chick reached out to him <laughs> and they met up at a hotel <laughs> great and yeah they got their uh he got to honk her nose he, she squirted him <laughs> with her flower <laughs> like yeah, he lived his dream oh my goodness that is fantastic <laughs> like yeah just let's say just put yourself out there on reddit there's someone out there looking for you <laughs> yeah wow well yeah right. anything else on <laughs> final pledge uh i don't know uh this, this is this was a, a deeply strange one but yeah a great uh response call and response from mike Cuso is your final flesh <laughs> and i think like the first episode we ever recorded which isn't online sorry listeners was about uh nuclear war yeah. the horrors of nuclear war it was threads which is the most disturbing movie i've ever seen Cuso is the most disgusting movie but yeah. threads is the most disturbing but it is a, this is our, we are doing a little bit of um God, what's a book ending yeah. with two atomic bomb movies. <laughs> I appreciate it. I like a good book ending. I like, a, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Right. Uh, what have you been watching lately? Um, 
been watching a couple of things. Uh, first off, the top, just want to give uh, props and a shout out. Uh, Jean-Luc Godard passed away this week. Mm, yeah. Um, uh, I watched this year. I've watched Weekend and Breathless for the first time. Um, Breathless is the the one that's like cited the most. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't quite resonate me resonate with me as much as Weekend did. I think, and that's mainly because Weekend features a very long extended shot of a traffic jam, and something that like I kind of struggled with for a long time was like I was commuting in the Bay Area for like six years and just spending a lot of time on the road. And I remember I did a lot of like writing. It was like, I tried to write a, a book about being on the road, like, like a mystery kind of thing. And like, that was like a big part of like the, some of the songs I wrote, writing a lot about like being in cars and like driving and shit. And I don't know, it was just like that movie really kind of stuck with me. And like, I don't know, he's one of those visionary filmmakers and a lot of people sort of cite him and credit him at being like one of those filmmakers of, of the French new wave that sort of, really like it changed the game so I just wanted to just say that off the top and be like hey like miss you Godard you're a fantastic filmmaker I'm probably going to hopefully do another deep dive and get back into those French New Wave films because they're, they're truly fantastic um, uh, you should watch Tao Va Bien that's okay. one that I really liked growing up yeah I also want to see Band Apart as well Wait, yeah, so what is that good. one called? Tao Va Bien ah. uh, I believe it means all is well okay it's about a uh, strike at a meatpacking plant. Uh, okay, cool. We'll check that out. But also, okay, so the main things I've been watching, um, buddy, my friend and bandmate Kyle, friend of the show, has been on the Animatrix episode. He was our guest on that one. He gave me, graciously gave me his login to the uh, High Network, and so I was able to sort of catch up with On Cinema at the Cinema. So I watched season 12 of that and Deck of Cards, which is really fucking funny, and it sort of kind of got me back into the whole Greg Turkington mind state. And he was on a show on Shudder called Cursed Films. And basically it's a, mm. like a documentary series about uh, movies where terrible things were happening that have sort of uh, gained a, like the, a reputation for being a cursed movie uh, sort of while they were being shot or even afterwards. And so he was on the episode talking about Wizard of Oz and like the whole like lore around like the hanging munchkin in the background, like the yellow brick road thing. And they're talking about like Judy Garland sort of being given, giving amphetamines or sort of like pet pills on set. And it's like all of the stuff sort of surrounding that. But so I really, I like binge watched all of uh, cursed films and there's some really dark episodes of that, that I wasn't really mm-hmm. prepared for. They were talking about one, um, like the twilight zone movie. Yeah. It's like the notorious like helicopter crash. And so mm-hmm. I wasn't aware that there was actual footage of that crash, and they showed it. Yeah. Yeah, and that fucking totally kind of blew me away, because I was like, oh, of course, yeah, yeah this happened while they were filming. There were, there were five cameras rolling while this happened. Yeah. And, like, literally my jaw dropped as, like, they were showing it, because, like, the entire time they have, like, people from the production talking about it, and they're, like, nearly on the verge of tears talking about this fucking tragedy that happened on set. And, I don't know, it really kind of stuck with me, and it was a really good episode, and I recommend that episode in the wizard of oz kind of specifically but unfortunately like i watched the one about rosemary's baby and they're talking about that they're talking about rosemary's baby and they're talking about polanski but all the people that they're interviewing they're all like choking and laughing and like oh yeah like yeah. Like, like the tone it seems to be completely off uh-huh. and like interesting it's like, it's like you're talking about like roman polanski who's like not a good dude um sort of exiled from like the film and from like paris or whatever and like i don't know like just the the tone of that episode wasn't quite on on par not on par but it didn't yeah. quite match like the the subject matter that they're talking about and i don't know just that was an interesting show i think you'd really appreciate it it's on shutter shutter original um that and then uh this week i also saw the black phone saw that in theaters um mm-hmm. and have you seen what'd you think um yeah yeah i saw it in theaters yeah. i liked it um I think Ethan Hawke is kind of becoming one of my favorite modern actors. I think he makes some interesting choices in this movie. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. I think it helped. Me and my friends saw it. We were the only two in the theater. And so kind of were able to kind of talk about it and, like, riff on it a little bit. But also, like, be really into it. Uh, they were sort of more affected by the jump scares than I were, but uh, than I was. Mm-hmm. But I still had a good time watching it. And I think that the child actors are really fucking fantastic in it. And I don't know. I liked it. What do you think? I think... 
Yeah, I think uh, the child actors were better than the writing that they were given. I feel okay. like the dialogue is a bit clunky in that movie. And uh, sometimes the child actors are good, sometimes they aren't. And I really chalk it up to it depends on the material that they were given. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Ethan Hawke, obviously, you can give him whatever and he's going to nail it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that movie, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um when I saw it in theaters, it was the first time I've been in a theater where a woman full body screamed gotcha. at a jump scare, like like a scream that lasted a full second, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like not just like a yeah. like a <laughs> gotcha. And like uh, it really, uh, it was a great moment, like for for that crowd, because I feel like it was fairly early on too. I think it was like the first time, like the camera pans over and you see like a ghost of yeah. one of those kids, um, and so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That yeah. was a wonderful experience. Yeah, I like those moments, <laughs> even if like it sort of telegraphs it a little bit with like kind of how the camera slowly pans back yeah. and forth. But I think it did it really well, and I like how there is an escalation to how those ghosts appear into the movie, and I, I mm-hmm. like it for that. And also, I think seeing a, a either seeing there's two really great ways to experience a horror film. I think the best way is in like a pack theater. It's like when I saw Paranormal Activity and like there was a girl crying in like at a, at a point where it's like, yeah, it's just so fucking intense. But also I've had really great fond memories of seeing horror movies where me or the people I'm with are the only people in the theater. It's like when we saw um, Stay Alive or whatever that video game movie a horror movie mm, yeah like we saw that and it was just i think it's stay alive me it was just me and my friends in the theater and we were just just ragging on the movie the entire time and it was a good time and i don't know i like i like those kind of situations um uh black phone was also so minor spoilers well i'll just say spoilers for black phone but uh eventually the bad guy gets what's coming to him yeah, in that movie yeah. surprise uh but when that happens it was like it was I've never seen an audience so united in their enthusiasm to see the bad guy get what's coming to him. Like people were like on the verge of cheering and like you expect to see that sort of reaction at like a, a superhero movie or something where like sports movies, it's been a long time coming, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's like, this was just, it, it, that's what's so cool about movies. It's just like in one movie, everyone can get on the same page. Like we've all unlocked this like secret language together uh, this ability to understand something together. Yeah, um, yeah Absolutely. it was so cool. <laughs> also, now I'm remembering that you mentioned this a couple of episodes ago. So I think now that we mentioned it twice, I think it's fair enough we can sort of spoil it. Um, so spoilers for the Black Phone. Um, I, I really appreciate the fact that there's so there's multiple kids that get sort of taken and killed, and they are mm-hmm. they're communicating with. Um, uh, what do you remember? What this character's name is like I don't remember the character's um, name. Our main our main boy. Our main, the main, kid, right. the, the main dude. Yeah. Um, and so he is, he's like into science. That's kind of like his whole thing. He's got like NASA shirts on and shit. So I was like, oh yeah, this kid's like supposed to be fucking like really smart. And they each give him a bit of information on how to uh, overcome being kidnapped and how to like uh, basically uh, evade the grabber yeah. and get out and escape. And he basically, he like combines a little bit of each of their schemes to make the yeah. final trap. And I thought that was really fucking brilliant. And so, yeah, yeah when he like jumps over the rug and he falls and, and he, his foot snaps on the grate, I was like, I was about to start applauding. Yeah. I was like, okay. This All is, the pieces are coming yeah, together. It's, it's, yeah. it's really well done with the way that they did that. And I don't know. It's really dope. Yeah, very satisfying. Yeah. And then lastly, um, just want to mention, been watching the show Players. It's from the creators of the mockumentary... Um, American Vandal, which was on Netflix a few years ago. That's really fucking good. And uh, Players is about a uh, League of Legends team that sort of adopts. They're like sort of, they're kind of successful, but they're sort of on the down slope a little bit. There's one main guy uh, by the name of Cream Cheese who promises them seven <laughs> championships and is unable to deliver them any. And so now they're bringing in some new talent. And there's like this uh, some debate on that, like how the team should be led. And I don't know, I think it's not as funny as American Vandal, which, you know, is dealing with this high school setting and like uh, yeah. who, who drew the dicks on all the cars yeah. or whatever. It's a parody, very much a parody of like Crime Dogs. Yeah. And it this, executes it so well. Yeah, this is like a parody of like um, e-gaming and League of Legends and everything. It's not like as funny as American Vandal, but it's so convincing and it's so good. I start to, I start to forget that I'm watching a mockumentary, and I think that's even a better compliment for the show, where it's 
the characters yeah. are so convincing and the world is so deep and everything is so lived in that I start to forget that, oh yeah, like this is like them making fun of, like once they like drop in like a dick joke or something, it's like, oh yeah, this is like a mockumentary, but it's really Well, that's what works so well. That's what works so well with American Vandal too, is that like at a certain point you're like, well, who did draw the dick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you're, you're like actually getting invested into the mystery. Yeah, and here is like, the main guy's actor named Misha Brooks uh, playing cream cheese and kind of doing a Michael Scott thing where it's like, it's a character with so much ambition and so much loyalty and so much like love, but it's like, it's all unrealized and it's like just wanting them to succeed, but also they're just a complete asshole. And I don't know, just the performance is really good. And so um, I highly recommend the show players. I'm almost done with it. Yeah. What have you been watching this week? I don't think I watched anything this week. Uh, did I mention Psycho Goreman on this podcast? I think so. Okay. Well, then I have nothing to talk about. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't sure if I had already. I wasn't sure if I had already mentioned I'm that. Not sure. Just refresh um, my memory. So Psycho Goreman, it's a Canadian movie. Uh, I, I tweeted about it, but um, it's this. These two kids find this like stone that allows them to control this monster from another realm um and it's a comedy it's very violent it has a it has a, a bit of the vibe of like a saturday morning you know fox kids tv show like it's sort of like you're watching vr troopers or mighty morphin power rangers but it's hyper violent and it's more comedic okay uh but it's like halfway through watching it i was probably not even halfway like just a, a bit of ways into watching it i was like is this movie canadian because it <laughs> yeah. feels very um it feels very edgy without necessarily being subversive um or like challenging like it's like oh kids using profanity and there's like a lot of blood and gore and the kids are really amused by it like that's edgy um it's sort of like turbo kit it feels very much like along the same lines as turbo kit yeah. like these two are within the, the exact same genre. They're coming from the exact same like philosophical background of like, we are nostalgic and we want to make sort of splatter, fun, silly, goofy movies. Yeah. Um, but like the thing that's notable about Psycho Goreman is uh, the commitment to these costumes is wonderful. So like the director is a guy who works in special effects and like makeup. Um, he worked on like it and like a lot of large movies. Okay. Um, I, 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 I need, I should pull up his uh, IMDb right now. Okay. Now I'm thinking you've mentioned this before. But yeah. It seems like there's, yeah, that like club of crazy Canadian filmmakers who are sort of on the yeah. lower budget end, but still just like super creative. So yeah, he was makeup department on Crimson Peak, on it, on Silent Hill Revelation, Resident Evil Retribution. Yeah. Uh, so he works like, yeah, on a variety of somewhat large things lately. He he, he was on Suicide Squad. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, it, like the commitment to the makeup effects, it's wonderful. Like it does kind of feel like you're watching Power Rangers. Like you're seeing these guys in these like silly large costumes and it feels of an era. Um, right on. That's cool. I will say the 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 comedy is not that great. It like wavers between like being amusing versus being like this kid's too fucking annoying. This little girl's way too <laughs> fucking annoying, uh, and like some of these jokes aren't landing. But it was a really good like Sunday afternoon. Uh, you know, you don't want to leave the house. You just want to kick your feet up, throw something on the TV. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe you're a little hungover or something. Like it's like one of those type of movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it really works for that. Nice. <laughs> Psycho Gorman, and that's that's all for me. Sweet. Well, before we roll the dice, also I guess I want to mention my two of my favorite shows are coming back. Atlanta, this final season comes back on mm -hmm. TV this week. Abbott Elementary, which just won some awards at the Emmys, comes back next week. So, two of my favorite black shows are coming back. I'm really fucking excited for that. Um, cool. Talking about it's like comfort viewing. Anything that's like a nice thirty-minute sitcom is usually right down our alley, so I'm looking forward to those. But yeah, are we about to roll some dice and oh, fuck, step, yeah, okay. step into... I, I, I just closed my Chrome browser. <laughs> oh, <once>. no. <laughs> to, so listeners are about to step into the post-100 era. Post-100. So if you're a vague zone historian, if you're 
etching the history into marble, if you're writing these tomes down, the AD, BC, BC, AD, I don't know how, I don't know how we count time anymore, but yeah, <laughs> now we're post 100, we're going to be changing the way we choose these movies, not necessarily doing full franchise runs. You might, you can blame Final Destination for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now we're going to be doing it a little different. This will add a little bit more variety. This will add a little bit more elements of choice, little smaller mm-hmm. bursts of movies. Still, we'll probably end up talking about major franchises, most likely, or in some way or form. We can't escape them. Yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, vortex of, of sequels out there, always on yeah. the horizon. But yeah, Daniel, would you like to explain how you explained it to me? How we want so to yeah, the way, the way the show will work going into episode 101 and beyond is we will roll a die. Uh, I have before me 20 different themes or topics, subject matters for films. We will roll a 20-sided die, and whichever number it lands on, we will take that theme, and we, Thomas and I will agree on a movie for our next episode right now. <laughs> and then uh, during next week's episode, or, or after next week's episode, we will take turns uh, electing movies that also conform to the theme. So every every series is going to be three, three episodes, basically. Yeah. First episode, we agree on it together on air. Second episode, one of us chooses. Third episode, the other one chooses. Gotcha. That might be kind of tricky coming up with something off the top of my head that relates to yeah. one of these things. <laughs> well, hopefully we get an easy one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm rolling the die. It is number 18. And our 18th topic is family. So we have to pick. Oh, well, I got one. <laughs> okay. Family movie. movie. I mean, the first thing I think of when I think of family is the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> of course, of um, course. But um yeah, what do you what are you thinking? Well the first thing when I think of family is uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh my god. That's like one of those movies where, you know, yeah, we're it's uh, characters like the our heroes have some sort of familial relationships with each other. But then those characters stumble upon a family with other connections. And that family has a very particular way of, of living. And so, I don't know. That's what I think about when I think of family. But I'll, yeah, I've... Well, you know, it's it's spooky September. We're going into Halloween season. I, I will concede that we can watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre for our next movie. Okay. Should we do that? I'm down. Yeah, I'm also, yeah, I was always a proponent for trying to get some Fast and the Furious viewings in here. <laughs> yeah. So I might, might be down for that too. But yeah. Texas Chainsaw, that's like my favorite horror film, so. All right, let's do it. Right on. Episode 101, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Stay tuned. Sweet. All right. Well, well, well. It's been episode 100. Can't believe we've made it. Looking forward to the next. But yeah, time to read this. this outro. If you would like to contact us, you can email us at vaguezonepod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at vaguezone. Let us know what you're thinking. If you have a theme to suggest or a film to possibly that we should watch for one of these uh, themed runs, let us know. We're always down to watch some new things. Uh, yeah, this has been episode 100 of Vague Zone. I'm one of your hosts, Thomas. And I'm your other host, Daniel. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you on the next one.